the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, that through believing, you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Some scholars of early church history tell us that Christians in the early centuries as a small religion 
often on the margins of society, was known in the Roman Empire not for what they believed about a Jewish peasant living in the first century, but by what they did, which was almost completely unique in the rough and tumble, diverse religious and spiritual traditions that marked the empire in the first couple of centuries. It was what they did, not for themselves, but for others, that made them distinctive. And it was not trying to convince others necessarily to follow a new tradition or a new way, or to engage in various rituals and practices, it was the fact that Christians were taking care of the poor, the sick, the marginalized, the people who were forgotten. They were taking bread to the hungry. They were wiping the foreheads of the fevered and the sick, providing beds and comfort for those who were otherwise neglected by the wider world. To put it simply, they were engaged in what the tradition has come to call corporal acts of mercy. Acts of mercy, not to the spirits or to the disembodied souls of others, but to the body itself. A recognition very deep in our tradition that the body matters absolutely to our God and that to care for our own bodies and the bodies of another is to care for the soul is to care for the spirit and is to offer a sign of God's love for the whole earth. Today's story about the risen Christ appearing in the midst of his first followers, even when they are hunkered down and afraid, opens up that understanding of the body in our tradition, and the details matter. More so than Thomas's doubts in his journey of faith, we hear about a risen Christ who shows his first followers his physical wounds from the crucifixion. who brings amazement because he is there with them in an embodied form, even though he is able apparently to pass through locked doors and walls. That there is a connection between Christ's risen life and the physical life 
that they experienced with him long before his passion and death. Put another way, John is telegraphing to his audience and to us many centuries later that God takes solidarity with us in our bodies. We are a spiritual people, yes, but we are not disconnected from the pains of our own bodies, let alone the pains and sufferings of others. Christ's suffering and resurrection is about the redemption, not only of our souls and spirits, but of our bodies. That what we experience in our senses and in our flesh matters just as much to God as what we believe and what we hold as spiritual truths. And so we Christians have been taught to place ourselves physically as much as possible in places where we represent the living Christ, the risen one, the holy one in our midst. By performing acts of mercy, by joining in community in every way we can, by showing up in three dimensions, for our loved ones, for our neighbors, and yes, even for ourselves and for the natural world around us. That embodies the Easter message of the risen Christ. That's why Thomas waits to experience that reality for himself, not just relying on the testimony of others. John can be confusing at times. It sounds as though he's saying to Thomas, well, you have seen and believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and believed. But maybe we need to hear that differently in the sense that John is saying to us, you may not have seen but you can experience the risen Christ in the flesh, in the touch, in the sacraments of the church, in the gathering of prayer. This is why it's a priority for us to regather again as a community just as soon as we can, because it is in one another's physical presence that we come closest to the experience of being with the risen Christ. But we also experience it in our own bodies. And I invite you to reflect on that today. Our God is not among us simply as a spiritual companion, or as one cynic said to me, our great invisible friend. God is among us in the body, our body, the physical world, in the very stuff that makes our world real to us. God is there, John is telling us, fully present, 
The risen Christ is there in every vibrating particle of matter, in every photon of energy, in every breath that we breathe, in our bodies, even when they feel tired and worn out. In the very basic elements of our lives. That's good news for the second Sunday of Easter. Christ is risen not to simply conquer death for our spirits, but to conquer death for all the cosmos. We live in a physical world. So our acts of prayer, mercy, and hope are found in where we place our bodies, in what we do, just as much as in what we pray and what we believe. And there, we can find constant evidence of a new life, of a resurrected life, of an Easter life. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.